Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Stealth Cams. I like trail cams. They're very nice. And I like to run cellular, non-cellular, especially for whitetails, especially for elk. I leave cameras out year-round in many places. Even when I don't have a tag, I've been known to drive out there in the summer, put cams out because I might have a tag the following year, and I need that information. Not only elk densities, but predator densities, animals' behavior, if they're coming through a certain area, how they travel, when they travel, when does the snow come? When does they come back from the winter? When do calves drop? When do bulls peel their velvet off? You can study, leave those things on video mode. Two discount codes to know when it comes to Stealth Cam. 20% off non-cell is Elk Shape 20. 10% off cellular is Elk Shape 10. They have an array of plans if you're gonna go with the cellular route where you can dictate how many transmissions you need to get what you need to see what you need to see. Stealth Cam is definitely the most reliable Trocam system that I've ever ran. Hey guys, what's up today? We are bringing on a guest. His name is Lorenzo. I don't know a lot about him. I know that he told me he's very well versed in TRT. And I think that's a good topic for men's health. And our audience is mostly men. A lot of us aren't getting any younger. I know I certainly am not. I'm 42. I have never had my T levels checked, but I am interested in getting a baseline for the future. I always say this, but my dad is on TRT and has been for over a decade. And he's uh, 67 years young. So we're waiting for Lorenzo to hop in here when we get going and appreciate you guys. You got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for dialing in this one. Let's make sure you get something out of this today. Nothing much, brother. I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Likewise. Yeah, of course. Of course. I've been following you for a pretty decent amount of time. I recently only got interested in bow hunting probably in the last, like, like really seriously into it in the past, like, six months. But I haven't actually done it. I just, you know, I've just been watching a lot of you guys, watching, like, Cam, watching you. And uh, it's incredible, man. And, uh, you know, you guys are... You guys are like high performers, you know, you guys are like high performance athletes, you know, to to really like secure the, those hunts, you know. So I'm really excited about being able to share with you from like a deeper scientific level on the natural health side of things to give you another edge in what you guys do, you know. Dude, I'm stoked. Thanks for coming on. Um, Do you have a bow yet, brother? No, no, I don't. I don't. How much is how much is like a decent bow? I don't know. I. I mean, you could, you could shop around, you could eBay it up. You could, 
find somebody who's want, especially in the next couple months when all the new bows come out for the following year, guys will get rid of these really nice bows because they just got to have the next best thing. So it's a buyer's market coming up soon, but I don't know, man. One thing I would do is if you do get a bow, get one that fits you perfectly and get like, get some instruction, like hire some help and learn like how to do it proper versus what I did, which is like, Oh, I'll just teach myself. And there's no YouTube. When I got a bow, there was no, like, it was just like shitty habits right out the gates that I had to fight and for a long time to get to where I'm at. Um, and I'm still trying to always get better. Right. So of course, of course, always yeah. sharpening the blade as they say. Yeah, no, that, that's helpful advice. I'm here in, I'm here in Boston. So do you know any guys up here or any shops up here? I don't, I don't imagine that the hunting is really as big as it is in like more like Southern U S uh, you know, States here in here mm. in the North. I hear about guys hunting deer and stuff like that, but I don't know. I don't know of any places. I, I got to look, I guess. You're going to have to do some homework, but I will tell you this, like East coast deer hunting in some places near you States near you is like, they have like a deer population problem and there's guys in neighboring States that get multiple deer tags and they're urban hunting with a bow. Um, and they're hunting just like real close to towns and able to stack up deer, which will I mean, it'd be good for you to fill your freezer up with that organic meat. So that could be cool. Um, Boston, I don't know when off the top of my head, but like PA is not too far from you. And that's like the state with all the bow hunters. There's like more bow hunters in PA than I think any state. And there's always good pro shops. You just, people listening, reach out to Lorenzo, look him up in the show notes, help the dude out. We got to get him connected and we'll, we'll take care of you, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, I want to do it. Like you said, organic meat, man. There's uh, there's nothing really more nutritious. Even, you know, even if I guess like, you know, there's a lot of different levels. There's factory farm, which is like the worst of the worst. Hmm. Animals that are fed like grains that are high in omega-6s, they have a really high omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, hmm. uh, antibiotics, growth hormones, stuff like that, all the way to even like pasture-raised and grass-fed animals which are more of the healthiest, better omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, specifically the omega-6 arachidonic acid, which is one of the most inflammatory omega-6s. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's why a lot of the like, far, um, not farm-raised, but uh, factory-raised cattle can be very even inflammatory. But yeah, wild meat, man, that, you know, it's like beyond pasture. It's like uh, they're exercising, they're healthy, they're moving their bodies to a different level. They're, they're, you know, those animals, you know, better than I do. They're against all these stress factors in nature that make them stronger, you know, survival. Yeah. Their omega-3 to omega-6 ratios are a lot better as well. So that meat's going to be like the healthiest. I, I couldn't imagine getting my hands on, on a steak, elk steak or something. There's this video I watched a couple years ago. Uh, it's, I want to say it's on YouTube. It's like the bearded butcher bros, something like that. But they basically have a couple of videos where they're butchering um, beef. And it's one that was grass fed, finished with grass. And then the other one is finished with grain. And by grain, I mean like they literally probably pulled it out of its grazing area, whatever it was. And the last few months of its life, it was on a weight gain program, which 
if you want to gain weight, just eat grain. And, uh, the difference in the meat and the texture and the color, um, the fat that was in between the muscles on the grain fed, it just didn't look, it just didn't look right, man. And then the grass fed one looked real and natural and fresh and z not a lot of fat on it. And it was just real healthy looking. So everyone should check that out. Maybe I can research, put those links in the show, but where I was out cutting this year in Idaho, the day I, I, I killed my bull towards the end of the month and I was packing out the first load and I'd killed my bull just like barely under 10,000 feet elevation. It was a really high bull and there was actually mountain goats below my carcass. That's how high we were. And I don't know why the elk were up there, but that's, you go where they are. When I was hiking out, I came across a cattle, like a, a cattle trail that I used to get back to my truck. And that cattle trail was literally at like 9,500 feet. And in the same instance, in the same breath, I had seen three mountain lion kittens, cubs right in that area. So th this cattle is living at 9,000 plus feet in the backcountry where there's mountain lions, where there's wolves, grizzlies, and black bears, and they're making a living. And I just got to, I got to assume their meat on their bodies is more of like the way maybe it was intended for us to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Pasture raised cause they're, they're able to, you know, free range more, they're able to move their bodies and it, cows naturally eat grass. Like they eat different kinds of grasses, you know, and parts of, um, you know, part of that is actually ingesting even some insects too, you know, like as a indirect result of eating grass. But, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. They just think about them being like grass-fed vegetarian or even vegan animals. But <laughs> even vegan animals to a degree, I don't know, it's just interesting to note that like do consume insects, which technically don't make them vegan. So, but yeah, the movement, the lifestyle, actually the cow is uh, is a bread, is bred from an animal called a, um, I think it's called an aurochs, which is extinct now. But an aurochs was very more similar to like a bison. It was a very mm -hmm. um, it was a very um, aggressive animal, and right. it took multiple men to hunt hunt just one aurochs. So you know, like American agriculturalists do, we take foods from, uh, over many generations. Is we take foods from nature and the wild and we hybridize them so that we can grow them and basically as a convenience to feed ourselves and and, and our loved ones. You know, but. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's, it's night and day, like pasture raised versus, you know, some, something that's in a CAFO, right? Like a, like an animal that's literally like living in a cage with so many other, they're not moving their bodies at all. They're not really right. getting any sunlight, you know, and that's why they get so sick that they're basically forced uh, into no other position, but to take antibiotics because they have so much bacterial stuff going on. When you stop and actually think about it, where your food comes from. It's really interesting. And it does shine a light on uh, what kind of decisions are we making for not only what food we provide for our family, but for ourselves and the byproduct of um, what goes on inside at, you know, a bioenergetics and the biochemistry level. The thing that I wanted to probably get covered before we get down this rabbit hole of TRT, that was the main goal today was how did you end up in Boston? I've been to your website once. It was pre-elk season when I was just checking you out. Looks like you do online coaching, 
didn't get a chance to sniff out your education, but it looks like you got a lot of experience and that you're a resource online for many people. So I'm, I'm assuming you do that full-time work from home. Kind of give us a snapshot of what you do, what's your day-to-day, your education, your background. Yeah. So I, unfortunately, I, I wish I was working in, thank you. For, first of all, thank you for having me, man. And um, uh, this, so this kind of like our conversation now kind of kickstarted because of TRT. You did a post on Instagram talking about TRT and being at an age where you're starting to just be more mindful of if you want to start it, just getting a baseline for your testosterone levels. And I reached out to you and shared some information. So that's how we connected for the viewers to kind of know. Um, But I got involved in this. My title is called integrative health practitioner. So it's essentially like a, a health coach. But the difference, the differentiating factor between me and other health coaches is I've, is we've essentially been given a practice from a naturopathic doctor, right? So like a lot of health coaches do, can teach fundamental stuff about health, right? Like eating more plant-based, more organic foods, drinking clean, pure water, exercising, good sleep, the foundational stuff that everybody can benefit from. But then if you are dealing with like a naturopathic or a functional medicine doctor, and you're someone with some type of debility, uh, some type of illness or diagnosed disease, then there needs to be a plan for you. Like, how do those sure. people get well, right? Like, how do how does someone with an audio autoimmune disorder get well? How does someone with who's been diagnosed with like IBS or IBD, irritable bowel disease, get well, right? And that's what has been given to us. So the way I work with clients through my mentor, by the way. So shout out to him, Dr. Steve Grabal. He's a board certified naturopathic doctor who ran a practice here in Boston. Oh, okay. How did you guys get connected? I've just, I've been running down this rabbit hole like you, Dan, you know, being really passionate about elk hunting, sort of natural health is my thing. You know, when I was 17 years old, I had all kinds of uh, health issues, which I can get into later, but caused me to go down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out like, if I'm not able to get answers from conventional medicine, then who, who has the answers for me? And who's the best person to have those answers, right? Which eventually led me to finding someone like Dr. Stephen Cabral and doing his integrative health practitioner certification program. Because what we're able to do for those people who are dealing with serious illness and disease is run at-home functional medicine lab tests which can identify the underlying root causes to someone's symptoms or diagnosed disease. So, so for example, if someone has an autoimmune disorder and they go to their conventional medicine doctor, most likely their doctor is going to give them immunosuppressants or something and, and, and chalk it up to just, hey, this is genetics, like, sorry. You know, there's, there's nothing you can do. There's no control you have over this, right? But with these functional medicine labs, we're able to actually see underlying factors like toxicities and nutritional deficiencies that lead to the body becoming imbalanced and the slow and gradual progression, which is called um, the pathophysiology of developing that autoimmune disorder. If that makes sense. No, it does. And I think like the one thing I just was thinking while you're talking is like, yeah, food is a drug. Food is medicine. And it does seem like not all physicians, but a lot of people's GPs is going to chalk things up to just, Hey man, you got, you got shit genetics. So here's a, here's a script for this. And this will help mitigate. Like 
rarely, and I think it is changing, Lorenzo. I think it is evolving. I think we are getting more educated as to what is these natural paths aren't just quacks and hippies. Like they actually have some really insightful methodology and practice practice that we could employ because I, I truly believe food is a drug. Food is medicine. And if we could figure out what these deficiencies are, or like you said, what is not balanced, what is in balance and, and how to mitigate that. I don't know. That's really exciting stuff. I think there's a lot of value in what you do. I didn't know there's programs out there where you could be under the tutelage of a board certified naturopath kind of coming at that, let's say lower level, but be able to help more people. Exactly. Honestly, hmm. it's uh, it, it's such a, it's such a phenomenal program out there. And that's why when I heard about it, I was like, I got to do this. But also, first of all, I worked with a health coach of myself. I ran these at-home functional medicine labs myself. Um, there's like what we call the big five, which you can ship to virtually anywhere in the world. And it looks at your heavy metal toxicities like mercury, arsenic, uh, cadmium, aluminum, which all have been linked to neurological issues, including oh, Alzheimer's, yeah. by the way, right? Big time. And you can You can run this lab in your own home by just taking a few snips of your hair and what they do is they actually, you send it to this third-party lab, they burn the hair, and then in the ash that remains, they're able to find the minerals and the heavy metals. So they could see your levels through that, which is really cool. And then we have proven, you know, clinical, um, clinically proven science-backed protocols with supplements to then detox heavy metals from the body, which is like vitamin C, cilantro extract, and uh, crack cell chlorella over, I think six to eight weeks has been clinically shown to reduce overall heavy metal toxicity by like upwards of 90%. Oh, damn. Something like that, which is incredible. Right. Um, but yeah, this is the only other, this is the only program I know out there that is that in depth with basically taking on a, a practice a functional medicine practice and being able to apply these same protocols as a health coach. There's one other one out there. I think that's called IFM, which, uh, I know that Dr. Mark, uh, Hyman, you may have heard of, he's, very popular in the functional medicine field, but I believe they only offer one lab. We offer dozens of, of labs, uh, but the big five is like the main labs that really help to uncover all of the underlying imbalances. So sorry, just to get back to what I was saying, there's the heavy metals. We can look at gut function to see if uh, you have any yeast, bacterial overgrowth, parasites, H. pylori. Those are the four reasons for all gut issues. So we can look at those. We can look at, are your cortisol, which is the stress hormone levels right. too high at night? Is that disrupting your sleep? Is it too high during the day? Is it too low? So you have brain fog and grogginess. And then of course there's testosterone, DHEA, estrogen, progesterone. We look at thyroid hormones. We look at vitamin D uh, and insulin. All those hormones that I just mentioned uh, are all in one lab called the stress mood and metabolism test. And that's the number one lab I would recommend for anyone who's considering TRT on TRT, uh, just wants to get a baseline for all of their hormones, metabolic and sex hormones, because your stress hormones uh, included. So metabolic sex and stress hormones, your stress hormones actually play a role in your testosterone production, which we'll be getting into. So you're going to provide me a link to put in the show notes for people to just no more excuses, click this link, put their money up and get this test done. Is that something that they can do? 100%. 100%. Cool. It is legal. It is legal to link up labs 
but the FDA, FDA does prohibit linking up supplements. So if anytime sure. you're talking about disease, you can only legally link up like medications, right? So Fair. however, I can tell you what address to go to, to find the supplements that I'm going to recommend. So you, so you can't link them up in the show notes, but people can hear it and just type it in their web address. People are smart. Now, how much does this test cost? What's the turnaround time? Let's break that down. So, so the test, the stress, mood, and metabolism test, I was just looking at it uh, yesterday. The price has changed recently, but it's like no more than, sorry, let me, let me open it up right here. Cool. Um, it's like no more than 400. And again, you could do this right in your own home. I'm doing it for sure. <laughs> I it, it's great it's great uh but what's even more great is is the protocols that you get with it to rebalance the hormones so the stress it's 179 yeah so way less oh. than sorry way less than uh what i had said um but yeah so we can link that up i kind of want to get into there's something that i wanted to talk about in terms of like this whole genetics thing this genetic speak like everything is due to genetics yeah, uh, that we hear from conventional medicine. And I do want to say, like, we are going to get into the genetic thing, but we need to know, Lorenzo, you, you started to tell me a little bit like of why you were a patient first at age 17. Things started going haywire. I need to hear this story to kind of add context to where you are now. When I was 17 years old, I was playing football. Um, I loved football, man. I grew up in like a upper middle class uh, town, which was big on football. We had yeah. like a lot of division one sports. We had really good athletes and um, I loved it, man. I was, I was, I was kicking, I was kicking a lot of butt, <laughs> you know, playing football. And then all of a sudden I started to get like these chronic knee pains. My performance just like went downhill super fast. And I'm like, dude, what is going on with my body? Yeah. So that was, that was the first thing. That was the first thing that I, that I recognized uh, started to go wrong. There's a, uh, there's a popular, I guess you could say analogy in, in functional medicine, um, which goes like this. Everyone has like a rain barrel. Everybody's body is like a rain barrel. And just like a rain barrel, the lid is typically covered. Every time it rains, it fills up a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more until the point where it eventually, eventually overflows, right? So what fills up that rain barrel is toxicities, like I said. So like the heavy metals, phthalates, BPA, stuff like that, pesticides, and deficiencies, low omega-3s, low B vitamins, low vitamin C. That was the first sign that my rain barrel was filling up. And by the time it overflows, that's typically when you get diagnosed with a disease. So I started to get these little chronic symptoms, these little symptoms on a regular basis of knee pain. That was number one. Then I became depressed because I couldn't, I couldn't, even, even though I tried physical therapy, even though I tried icing, it just didn't, it didn't work as well as I would have liked it to. Yeah. So I, so I started seeking more alternative answers. And then um, over the year, that's when I was 17. And then probably up until my mid 20s, I didn't really get a grasp of like how I could actually heal myself, you know, um, but I read a lot of books and there was actually a really good book called Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About by Kevin Trudeau. And it's a controversial book because he's a controversial person. But what I'm not going to get into that right now, whether you like him or not, or you've heard of him, that's fine. Take everything he says with a grain of salt, you know, but 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Vortex Optics is a brand that I've worked with for over 10 years. They're out of Wisconsin. Some of the best people you'll ever meet. They have a long line of not only spotters, binoculars, and different models for different price points, clothing through their Vortex wear. They have tripods. They have great content. Most importantly, they have their VIP warranty, which is going to allow you to have peace of mind with your investment. I think they make great glass. You should check out the new 58 millimeter mini razor. That's what I ran all year long. The UHD 10 by 42s or 12s, if you want to get fancy. They have the youth line of binoculars and they have a variety of models to match your price point. And again, it's all backed up by their VIP warranty. If you break it, they'll fix it. Hell, my friend Tyler Denham's brother, Jake, had his house burned down this fall and Vortex replaced his binoculars that didn't survive the fire. This company is legit and it's veteran owned and we stand behind them. What he did was open my mind to a whole nother realm of alternative healing practices and understanding the body and healing on a deeper level, on a root cause level, not just symptomatic relief, right? So I also dealt with IBS issues. I used to uh, consume oil like grease and olive oil, and it would run right through me. And I didn't know why, but I was also pre-diabetic. So my blood sugar just kept climbing and climbing. And um, I also had Lyme disease. And none of these things I healed conventionally. All of these things I healed naturally. It was that, and, and the last one that I kind of knocked off the list was the IBS issues. And that's when I found Dr. Cabral in his practice. And I completed a functional medicine detox, which decongested my liver and allowed my gallbladder to work better to then okay. absorb, reabsorb, reabsorb fats again. You said you had Lyme's disease, which like <clears throat> we all, as hunters, especially like, Anytime you head out in the spring in my neck of the woods, it's like you're pulling ticks off. You know that some ticks carry Lyme's disease. We're not known for it in the Northwest, but East Coast, Northeast ticks are like world-renowned carriers of this disease. How, when, did you, when did you figure out you had Lyme's disease? That is like a huge fear of mine is getting Lyme's disease just because I've seen it debilitate some close personal friends. Yeah, it's, it's very, it can be very scary. Um, I think especially because it's, it's, it's technically not a virus. It's actually Lyme is a spirochete, but it's, it's sort of in that same category as pathogenic bacteria, right? It's like, we can't see it, but we know it's there and the symptoms are debilitating. I was on a camping trip right around that age. Actually, I was about 24. Um, and I remember just like being at the beach all day, running around, playing, having fun, and then getting home, and then when I went to change, I had a tick on my hip. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think it was dead, honestly. I think it was dead, but I removed it. And then a few days later, I got the classic circle. You got the red circle of death. Yeah. Yeah, the bullseye. Yep. <laughs> and um, I was like, damn, 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 you know? But I knew at that point I had already been learning about natural health. So I'm like, do I want to go the conventional medicine route, at least inquire, maybe get tested, see if I have Lyme? So I, I, I did do that. Okay. And I was also also working with a naturopath at the time, which offered, which offered some homeopathic remedies that kind of worked like in the short term, but it, it didn't really didn't really fix it for me. It wasn't until I found this book. There's this book called Healing Lyme by an herbalist, Stephen Aaron Buner. And in the book, he has the Lyme protocol, which at this point, I should probably give my legal disclaimer on your podcast. I'm not giving any medical advice, any medical yeah. cures, any medical treatment plans or, or medical diagnosis. Right. But I found this book. Yeah. He gave the protocol for healing Lyme with herbs, which is cat's claw, Japanese knotweed and Siberian ginseng, also known as Eleuthero. And Japanese knotweed, I think it's a, no, I think it's a non-native herb, but it's brought over from Japan. Sure. Um, But it does grow here in the Northeast now. And Northeast, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So you can find it wildly, but that is one of the most powerful anti-spirochetal herbs that there is in the world. So lime is a spirochete. Technically, it's not a bacteria or a virus. And that herb, Japanese knotweed, is one of the most powerful anti-spirochetal herbs in the world to kill I see. Mm-hmm. Cat's claw helps to boost the immune system. And there's a lot of fatigue that comes with having something like Lyme. So the Eleuthero uh, actually helps to kind of balance energy levels. Uh, that's why it's known as Siberia ginseng. But... Um, yeah, I did that in conjunction with diet and omega-3s and, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, getting getting sunlight, vitamin D, boosting my immunity, zinc. And probably about six or eight weeks after doing that protocol, all my symptoms were gone. And then I was able to stop the protocol. And then uh, they've never come back. The other thing is about the conventional route with Lyme is you want to be careful because a lot of times people, they recommend antibiotics. And they give you heavy doses of, uh, I think it's called uh, doxycycline. And what that can do over time is, yes, it can wipe out the some of the Lyme, especially if you get it, I think, within 48 hours after you, you detect the tick or the tick bite or the bullseye. But um, yeah, uh, that those antibiotics can not only kill harmful bacteria, they can kill good bacteria as well in the gut. Yes, sir which can then leave your immune system more prone to other pathogenic issues. Um, and also antibiotics over a long period of time, especially if they just keep, your symptoms don't go away 
and they just keep prescribing and prescribing them, it kills your mitochondrial health. So your energy goes down as well. But if you do get a tick bite and you detect it as soon as you can, take it off and what can be helpful, there's a protocol which um, I can't, I might be able to share a podcast on it, or maybe I could even develop like a page on my website for a Lyme protocol that I could give to your users. But one of the best things to do is remove it right away. And then um, the tick, remove the tick right away. And then you could even put uh, clay, like bentonite clay. You can get bentonite clay online at mountainroseherbs.com. You could get it from like a natural health food store. And clay is a natural uh, <clears throat> detoxifier. So it can help to absorb, almost like snake venom, it can help to absorb some of the, those toxins from the tick bite. Hmm. So that's a more preventative stuff. Yeah, dude, do that one page, man. That would be good for any website and key search optimization. Like, okay, so we've talked about your background. You've been working with a naturopath as a patient. Now you are in the business itself of helping people through natural medicine. And we've done our disclaimers. So nobody come after him or me. We, You guys are just listening to two bros having a bro session talking about wellness. Uh, let's gravitate towards, I think my audience might be younger than me. A lot of them. I know some are older than me, but I'm 42 years young and I have never had my, any sex hormones tested ever. I've never felt like I've been in a position to need a test. I have mentioned, which is what got your attention that I don't think it would be a bad idea to get tested, to create a baseline at age 42 that I can measure against. But let's, let's talk about I think the most important component of this conversation is first understanding not only what testosterone naturally does in your body, but things that should be earmarked when that thing called testosterone is starting to be depleted and signs and symptoms of you're a candidate to get, you know, potentially seek some of these natural ways to boost your testosterone and TRT, which stands for testosterone replacement therapy. Y'all go ahead. So yeah, so if someone is experiencing like low libido, uh, shorter workout recovery, oh, I'm sorry, longer workout recovery, they don't recover as fast, low mood, uh, low energy, low ambition and drive, basically all the lows, that can be a sign that they're experiencing low testosterone. And low testosterone can happen in men and women. So, you know, What's important to understand is that when you boost testosterone naturally through diet and lifestyle, it's very hard to overproduce it. And overproduction of testosterone can lead to more conversion of dihydrotestosterone, which is the number one uh, cause for hair loss, male pattern baldness. And too much testosterone can also convert to estrogen, which, uh, which is a uh, which can lead to breast tissue growth in men, irritability and brain fog and other things too, uh, aggression, competitiveness, anger, irritability, right? That's why they call it roid rage. When, yep. You know, um, so, so that's, that's, those are signs that um, you may be low in testosterone. Uh, so, but in order to get the most accurate levels of your testosterone, which is how I reached out to you originally, you want to make sure you're testing, if you do it through the blood, your free testosterone, 
Most PCPs will look at your total testosterone, which shows testosterone that can be bound to proteins in the blood, like sex hormone binding globulin and albumin. So it's not even the testosterone that's bioavailable in the body that they're looking at, right? Oh, so that's it, terrible. It's terrible. It's not, it's not even what your body can use. You need to look at the free testosterone in order to see what your body can actually use. And for men, there is no reason why. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to keep your testosterone levels, even in your 50s and 60s, above a 100 free testosterone. And we test through the saliva on the stress, mood, and metabolism test that I mentioned earlier. Okay. That will show you your free testosterone. Women should be in between a 20 to 35 in terms of their testosterone. And once they get like above a 40, that can start to kick start too high androgens and the development of, plus all the other underlying imbalances, but the development of PCOS. So typically women with higher levels of insulin, their testosterone goes above a 40 they can experience like facial hair growth. They can experience, um, what else from testosterone? More androgens, uh, but yeah. And other PCOS-based symptoms like, you know, uh, infertility or irregular cycle, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but then, you know, in, you know, good levels of testosterone, you should be, you should have a healthy libido. You should have, you know, good focus, good energy, good drive, good ambition. And that's able to be accomplished with natural modalities, lifestyle, including diet and exercise, stress reduction, that kind of stuff. Quality sleep. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Let's get into the natural ways because you know, TRT is growing. I'm seeing it in my, um, social media platform feeds being advertised to me. Um, maybe my phone is listening to me and like hearing me say TRT. I don't know. I don't, I'm no tin foil hat on, but, but truthfully it is becoming more of like a common word TRT. And my personal story with it is that my father who's 67, I remember him getting tested. We had a friend, a mutual friend who actually got me into weightlifting, uh, and strength training at a, a young age at 13. And this guy, like, I've told the story before on this pod, so I'm going to give you the very short and condensed version is my parents were building a house and I was 13 going into seventh grade and we rented this dude's basement from him while we built the house over the summer. And the dude had a huge house, obviously, and the basement was huge. And in the basement was like damn near commercial sized gym. And this guy was in medical sales. I can't remember what he sold. And he caught me down there basically messing around with his weights. And he was just like a pretty intense dude. Um, and I didn't know that I was an intense dude yet. I was 13. I was just getting into puberty and he looks at me and he's like, Hey man, if you want to mess around, that's fine. But if you actually want to learn how to do this proper and you want to put on serious muscle, um, I can help you. And I was like, yes, sir. He helped me when I was 13, get into weight training. And looking back, he actually knew quite a bit of what he was doing. He got me on a food plan. First and foremost, he explained to me calories, protein, carbs, fats, like macronutrients, timing. And then he also introduced to me to supplements. I was 13. I don't know what year that was, but it was like mid nineties. And I was like 1990s kids. And he was getting me on creatine at age 13. I was supplementing with a weight gainer that was mainly protein, carb, fat, and I was drinking additional calories. And then that summer I put on, and it might've been a combination of the training, um, but definitely puberty and 
all the sleep I used to get as a kid. But I remember I put on like 20 something pounds that summer. And I remember going into seventh grade and no one saw me all summer. And I walk in there and I got attention immediately. And I had confidence immediately. And I started playing football and knocking people's heads off and wrestling and pinning everybody and baseball hitting, you know, so I always thought there was a correlation to the mental side of my fitness and my athletic performance was that it saw a crossover from the work I put in, in the weight room, the work I put in the kitchen was giving me the confidence to play at a higher level. Now, did it give me a physical benefit? Probably, but definitely way more mental. And to this day, that's largely while I train is because it makes me feel good about myself. That's a grown ass man. Finally distilling 42 years down to this is why I train. It does help me in all my avenues, but it gives me self-worth and it gives me a lot of discipline. So all that is to say, we are talking about TRT and this gentleman who helped me when I was 13 told my dad after he got divorced and went through, you know, my parents got divorced. I was 21. My dad was just in a low spot, man. Like he didn't have energy. He didn't have, he was depressed. He was not keeping muscle and he's, he's like a, he's a guy that just is high energy like me and usually pretty well built. So my friend, our friend referred my dad to a doctor to get his free testosterone checked. And and I can't remember my dad's age, but he was getting close to 50. He was late forties and he tested and I can't remember his numbers, but I remember telling him like, dude, your numbers are like a high school cheerleader. You need to you need to do something about your free testosterone levels. So he immediately got on testosterone and what he started taking, and this was years ago, Lorenzo was a cream. I remember I watched him the first time I saw him using TRT. It was a cream that he put on his forearms and I was expecting like him to go to the doctor and get injected or have needles and put it in his ass. Like, I don't know a lot about steroids, but I always thought it was needles anyways. So my dad is 67 and he's probably been on TRT for over 14 years. And I felt like it's been an anti-aging, not cure all, but just something that's really helped him with his life. So that's the only exposure I've had to it. And to hear it growing and growing, I say that just to kind of give you a full background of it. Like, so when you say lifestyle, nutrition and training, I think you need to spell it out. Like first go get tested, get your baseline, tell us what is low and is it relative? What's the numbers? What's, and then how do you bolster it naturally? And then when do you qualify for other modalities? Yeah, that's no, that's, that's perfectly laid out. So yeah, I do want to say, um, with TRT, um, number one, that number that I threw out being over 100, there's no reason why people in their, from their twenties to their 65, uh, to their 65 years old men shouldn't be able to keep, uh, one, their level to be above 100. That's the optimal level for free testosterone is above a 100. Um, and Yeah. I took notes because I made sure I didn't want your audience to miss uh, to miss out on anything. But if you're over 35, I'm sorry. If you're if you're if you're under 35, it should be more than a 110 free testosterone through the saliva. If you are 35 to 50 years old, it should be 100 plus. And if you're 50 to 65, um, it should be 90, more than 90. And if you're over 65 to 75, um, 
it's possible to, if you're over 65, sorry, it should be 75 plus. Okay. So it's possible to achieve those levels, like I said, naturally. And that that is the optimal level is 100 plus. And that is possible. That is achievable in between the ages as a man from 20 to 65. So like you said, you know, with, with TRT, right? Um, I, I would, in my opinion, I would caution people who are being prescribed TRT, especially if they're in their 30s and 40s. Uh, it's a little bit different when you're a little bit older and you're starting to consider this kind of thing. But, you know, like I said, a lot of low testosterone has to do with underlying health issues that can be corrected. So, and you have a better fighting chance the younger you are. Also, when people get tested and it's their total testosterone and their PCP says, oh, it looks like you're low, but it's not their free testosterone, that could be an inappropriate uh, prescription. Like, okay, I wanna start you on TRT, right? So what I always recommend to people is exhaust all the natural health modalities first before you even consider starting TRT before the age of 65. And then if you are on TRT, because here's the, here's the issue with starting it and, and doing it too much. It, and what I mean by too much is high levels. Like, you don't like if you don't necessarily have a good doctor that's gonna monitor your levels, it could lead to side effects down the road. Um, including, not being able, if you want to come off of it, you can't because you're it happening. Yep. Right. Um, but also there's heart attack. There's low sperm count. There's heart disease. There's high blood pressure. There's sleep apnea. There's higher estrogen and large and enlarged prostate. So if you are going to be on TRT, here's what I would recommend. Have it be smaller incremental amounts throughout the week. Rather than because what some clinics do is they'll do like one shot for the whole week, right? And what happens is the person might feel really good that day and the next day, but then that testosterone starts to drop throughout the week. So like anything, it's best to mimic what happens in nature. And in nature, like our, well, our bodies naturally produce smaller amounts daily. It's not like one big amount weekly. So if you could do smaller amounts of TRT and uh, and test more frequently so that you can find out if you're in that free testosterone range of above a 100, you don't want to be well beyond it because, again, that can cause many health issues. So that's why it's important to test. And in my opinion, it is possible to wean off as you work on these healthy lifestyle changes to where you don't need it anymore. But again, like we're talking, if you've been doing it for like 20 years or so, you may have to stay on it. So that's why I say don't don't start it until you work on all these things first and then consider it. What I plan on doing, sorry, Dan, and this is the last thing. No, I liked it. What is your plan? I want to hear what you think. Yeah, when I'm 65, what I plan on doing, well, until then, right? I plan on adding up as many healthy days as I can while having fun every once in a while, having a cheat meal, Maybe, maybe a cocktail, maybe a beer once a week, some pizza once a week, right? Um, but adding up as many healthy days as I can until I reach 65. And then once I'm 65, taking the, making sure that I'm supplementing and getting all the nutrients that are needed to 
make testosterone, to actually manufacture testosterone through supplementing with something that we call our daily testosterone support. And that has like your zinc, your vitamin C, and it also has boron, which is an essential mineral for manufacturing testosterone. If you have deficiencies in boron, you won't be able to make an, or any of those other ones I just mentioned, you won't, you just won't be able to make enough testosterone. So we need to see if you're deficient. That's a big thing. So when I'm 65, I'm going to be making sure I'm replenishing all my deficiencies and I'll, and I may take DHEA as a supplement. Sure, sure. And, and that daily testosterone support along with all my other daily foundational nutrition. With that, I don't think I'll ever need TRT, to be honest. And I don't think anyone ever does, to be honest. Yeah, man. So what do you know about like some of the stuff you hear? I guess this is some of the stuff that I believe is like, I believe an abundance of red meat specifically for me from elk, literally eat elk every day, higher protein diet, good, healthy fats, real cognizant of not, you know, spiking my insulin levels. So for those that don't know, like maybe a glucose meter for you to, to really understand what you're eating, what it does to your blood sugar, always trying to focus in on getting clean sources of lean protein and good, healthy, fabulous fats before I even look at a carbohydrate. Not that I'm insulin sensitive, but I'm just real cognizant of sugar because it's in every damn thing. High intensity workout bouts through and through, not every day can be a level 10 intensity. But when I say intensity, I define it as a lot of work in a short amount of time, high intensity, bursty, terrible workouts like redlining, if you will, um, large loads, long distances, really fast, um, stuff that you could measure with mathematics and then an abundance of good quality sleep. So void of sleep apnea, void of high cortisone levels and, and high stress, early bedtimes, good exposure to sunlight. Like I'm listing off the things that I have known to be true for natural ways to keep your T levels. What am I missing besides the supplementation that you talked about? Yeah. So, all right. No, great, great question. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about regarding red meat, right? So first of all, there's a big difference between pasture raised, uh, you know, and, and grass fed, grass finished red meat versus grain fed meat. Right. Um, but there's also a concern with too much meat in general, too much meat in general. I'm not against meat at all, but when you look at the longevity cultures around the world, um, there's actually a great documentary on Netflix right now called the blue zones and living to 100. And what okay. it is, is this guy, Dan Butner, Dan, let's go into this. He actually, uh, he follows, he goes, he travels around the world to basically study these populations of people that live the longest, have the mm -hmm. highest concentration of centenarians that live to hundred yep. and have the least amount of chronic disease. So what he found is that they don't skip out on meat eggs, dairy, fish, but there is a lesser ratio in their diet to protein sources of, uh, to, I'm sorry, vegetable or plant sources of protein, mm -hmm. right? So they consume more plant protein because plant protein actually has lesser levels of leucine, which creates, um, more mTOR, which can, which mTOR, uh, high levels of mTOR have been associated with all cause mortality. So more um, of the uh, blood pressure issues, cardiovascular issues, and blood sugar or insulin issues. 
Um, so I'm not a proponent of too much meat, but meat once a day, not at every meal. More plant-based diet for longevity. It also matters on what you are optimizing for. If you have a short-term body transformation goal, that's different than your long-term vision for longevity and health. They're going to be two different meal plans, right? Mm, interesting. Um, but so <clears throat> I, but I wanted to touch on that because 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 that's important, you know, for the listener to consider is like, okay, it's just another way to look at it. But so of course, right? There's medical causes of low T, medical conditions. There's certain drugs that cause low T. And then there's the lifestyle stuff, which you just asked me, which I want to make sure we get into. So you, you talked about diet, right? So a diet that is high in processed foods, sugary foods, refined foods, like carbohydrates, um, white flour, right? Bleached mm. flour. Um, that kind of stuff is inflammatory to the body. Now, here's the thing. The higher levels of inflammation, the testes in the male body are prone to inflammation. And when the testes are inflamed, they're not going to be able to make enough testosterone. So if we're consuming a high inflammatory diet, then that's going to be lowering testosterone. We need to consume a more plant-based, not necessarily, uh, well, gluten-free grain diet. So things like rice, quinoa, squash, different potatoes, but avoiding gluten and refined bleached flour. That's a big one. Uh, sleeping seven to nine hours per night and ideally getting two hours of REM sleep and 1.5 hours of deep sleep because we need to get, and you can track that with the aura ring. I'm not sure if you heard of the aura ring or even have one. I don't, but I have a watch that tries to do that. I don't know if it's accurate or whatnot, but um, yeah, I get the idea. I love, and I think there's going to be more and more wearables for technology that people are going to get into. And I think eventually there'll be a better dashboard where you can kind of see all these metrics from your wearable technologies, the Apple watches. I have a Garmin watch, this oral ring that you're talking about. Like yeah. we are all interested in some sort of dashboard, things that are measurable, things that we can look at in a glance and make adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all those things that you had mentioned I'm familiar with. I think the Garmin is like one of the top notch watches out there for yeah. uh, bio tracking. Um, but the aura ring in particular is very good at, 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 monitoring your REM and deep sleep per night. So that's another thing, because if we're not getting enough REM sleep is more for recovery of the mind, neurotransmitters, deep sleep is more for recovery of the body. And if we're not getting enough recovery, we're not going to be producing enough testosterone and other hormones. Um, also, if you're not getting enough sleep in between the hours of seven, uh, I'm sorry, in between the hours of like 10 to let's say 6am or something like that, natural with the earth's diurnal rhythm, you're going to miss out on when the body naturally makes thyroid hormones, when it, mm -hmm. when it naturally makes testosterone overnight. So that's, that's another important thing. I think REM occurs out the gates, like within the first 90 minutes, but I have to look it up to be for sure. But I'm pretty sure I can't remember. I think I read that, but that's what I was experiencing is what I thought was just like immediate REM. Now, what if I had stayed up to, to like binge watch that stupid ass Netflix binge worthy series that doesn't really mean shit in my life. That's never going to really make. So I do think like the discipline of sleep is something that if you're not really re evaluating your life choices, you should stop and evaluate. Do you actually have a legitimate bedtime 
Are you somebody who hates getting out of bed? You don't love your job or you're not enthused about being alive. Like I'm excited every day to jump out of bed, dude. Like I have so much I want to conquer. I have so much drive and ambition. Like these are telltale signs that I'm getting good sleep and my T levels must be all right because I literally every day am up before. I don't have an alarm. I don't set an alarm, but there's not a day that goes by where I'm not up by 5 a.m. It's because I go to bed early. I, I'm, I try to like, I try to be disciplined. So I guess that's a takeaway. I really want to hammer. It doesn't really, the, the order of operations, rim, deep sleep, you need both. And if you want to get both, you need to have some stress outlets. I can't tell you how many people lose sleep over stuff. People say, or coworkers or stuff, stuff that doesn't really matter. And they have no outlet, no release to get rid of that. My secret outlets are go into my gym and kill myself and then go turn my phone off and go shoot my bow and get in the Zen mode and just focus on hitting a little target. Those two things alone are what are saving my ass for staying up, worrying about bills or a deal or a contract or all that shit. But anyways, I've totally derailed this natural ways to boost your testosterone. Keep going, Lorenzo. I'm sorry, man. No, that's fine. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because everyone, because managing overall stress is a key one. All right. So I kind of want to get real quickly into the fundamentals of like what pushes down testosterone at the core of everything. And it's, I had mentioned inflammation, right? So we need other ways, like you said, uh, shooting the bow, right? Killing yourself in the gym, <laughs> in your words. For real. You know, like, <laughs> we, need, we need ways to, to basically unwind and turn off, but it has to be other than alcohol. It has to be other than inflammatory foods. Alcohol as well is an inflammatory food. Um, you know, it can cause blood sugar spikes. Um, it, you know, it's hard on the liver and it causes inflammation in the body. So other ways to turn off and manage overall stress. Some other ways you could do that is like sitting in a sauna, especially an infrared sauna, listening to binaural beats, going for a walk, you know, just things like that. What, whatever is a healthy activity that can get you to just de-stress. Because at the core of low sex hormones is high stress hormones. Mm. And the main steroidal hormone uh, that causes stress or is produced by stress is cortisol. Cortisol, if, if you think about it this way, we have two hormonal pathways, right? So cortisol is the stress pathway or the sympathetic nervous system. And your sex hormones come from the parasympathetic nervous system are produced when we're in a parasympathetic state. So that's like rest and digest, that's when we relax. But the thing is, is before you know it goes down the pathway of making either testosterone or making cortisol, at the top of it is pregnenolone. There's a mother hormone called pregnenolone. So think about it this way. Everyone has mm -hmm. a bucket of hormone. You can, only, you can only make so much hormone per day. Whether you're in a stress state or a relaxed state, um, and there's some variances to this too, to these two. But if you're if you have chronically elevated levels of cortisol, then that pregnenolone, which is a precursor to all hormones, is going to make more cortisol and it's going to make less testosterone, estrogen, and DHEA. It's like an allocation, like you have an allocation and you're taking away from that allocation to make the cortisol, which means you're not left with much to make the other hormones, which we're interested in. But here's the thing that's so 
uh, uncommonly known about stress is stress can be physical, it can be mental, and it can be chemical, hmm. right? So physical stresses are things like chronic aches and pains, injuries, physical injuries, and then chemical can be like things like avoiding BPAs and plastics, yep. things that actually mimic estrogen in the body and create more testosterone to convert to estrogen. It could also be things like heavy metals, like I mentioned, and mercury and aluminum and stuff like that, that cause inflammation. Stress and inflammation, I want you, I want people to think of as synonymous. They're the same thing, you know? So, so, and then that's, and then there's mental and emotional, like I described, which lifestyle activities, shooting your bow, going for a walk, meditation, breathing exercises, those are all great. Um, So let's see, I think. Oh, and then the sleep thing, kind of to answer your question about sleep. Um, here's a quick tip that everyone can try. It's called the three, two, one formula. So Ooh. three hours before you go to sleep, stop, stop consuming food. And then for two hours, stop consuming liquids. And then for the one hour up to your bedtime, stop consuming any blue light. So that means put on some blue light blocking glasses, which actually help to block blue light. And because blue light actually stimulates cortisol production. So cortisol is kind of like the awakening hormone. So it's like, we're supposed to produce higher levels of cortisol in the evening. I'm sorry, not in the evening, in the morning. Cortisol is supposed to be its highest in between six and 8 a.m. And then it's supposed to steadily decline throughout the day towards 10 p.m. bedtime. And melatonin has has an inverse relationship. So melatonin is supposed to be the lowest in the morning and it's supposed to gradually rise towards the evening before bed, right? So so yeah, that's why having less liquids, less food before bed is gonna help us fall into a deeper sleep and not have interruptions. Less technology in that back half of the day is most people's downfall, scrolling or whatever they're doing on the on the, on the internets. Okay. Well, let's, let's bring this back to the main conversation, which was, you don't know any of this until you get tested and figure out maybe you do an honest look in the mirror, Lorenzo, like an evaluation of, okay, how many training bouts do I get a week? How many hours of sleep do I actually get? Is it quality sleep? Is there some rim in there? Is there some deep sleep and some light sleep? What's the mix? What behaviors are working against me? And everyone does behaviors that work against themselves, both of us included. So you have to be really honest with yourself. And then obviously there's some certain things that you won't be able to know the information until you get the test. Like I personally right now don't know if I have a lot of exposure to heavy metals and I don't know the percentages. I personally don't know my free testosterone levels at all. I personally haven't had a physical in like seven years. So I don't know what my blood pressure is. I imagine it's always been good, but it could have changed. Um, I don't know what's my omegas at, like what's my high triglyceride, low density, high density. What are those levels? Total cholesterol. Although we could have a whole podcast on that. But the thing is, is like, there's just certain things you got to get tested. So I think the takeaways for me in conversating with you is like, Don't go running to a doctor who's handing out TRT scripts like Oprah Winfrey. Like you get a TRT script, you get it. Pump the freaking brakes, y'all, because it could be a recipe that you're never coming off that stuff. And what if they are only measuring your total testosterone levels, not your actual free? I'm so glad you brought that up today. But in your words, 
let's bring this all home. Let's polish this podcast up for the takeaway part. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, you already kind of laid it out perfectly. We have a saying in my community, it's don't guess, test, right? Just take the guesswork out of it. Just test, figure out your baseline. And then from there, based on your unique imbalances, you can receive a personalized wellness plan to then bring your levels up of your deficiencies, whether that's literally vitamins and minerals, uh, essential fatty acids, or if it's hormone levels that need to come up and lower your toxicities by doing different detox protocols, right? So basically there's really not much other, there's some supplementation stuff that I would, would have liked to get into, but that's okay. Um, you know, essentially it's going to be your diet and lifestyle, really. That's gonna help your body lower the inflammation, which is spiking your cortisol levels so that you can begin to produce more natural sex hormone or sex hormones naturally again, right? Um, and I kind of want to leave people with this is like, there was, you know, the, you know, it's just two different mindsets when we're talking about conventional medicine versus natural health. Here's some quick stats about uh, conventional medicine uh, research that has been done. From straight from the, the um, National Institutes of Health, they've said that 95% of all cancers is due to diet and lifestyle. That's straight from NIH. And I could send you those, those um, research links afterwards. Um, but also there's a twin study that was done where they took, and this is kind of what I wanna touch on just to, as an example that your genetics are not your destiny. If you have mm -hmm. high blood pressure issues, if you have low testosterone issues, if you have type two diabetes, hopefully this study will give you hope that those things can be reversed naturally because this Danish study was done where they took identical twins, about 3000 of them. And they basically followed them from when they were living at home up until about the age of 16 and 18 together. So same genetics, right? These, these sets of twins. And then they followed them once they left their house and began their own lifestyle for about, several several more decades. And what they discovered at the end based on the health outcomes and mortality outcomes is they estimated that about 20% of people's health conditions and mortality is based on genetics. That means about 80% is based on your lifestyle and what you do to heal your body. And that's the de-stress protocol, which uh, I haven't really talked about yet, but that's what I studied in level one of my certification program. It's diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest and sleep, emotional balance, um, science-backed supplements and success mindset. So if you're, the more you're working on those things more often and you have more healthy days out of a year than you have bad days, you don't have to get, you don't have to develop, you know, the top three causes of mortality, maybe even the fourth, including cancer. Because according to the NIH, at least 95 out of 100 people could have been prevented. So, um, yeah, Dan, unless you have anything else you want to add to that, um, I can tell people where to get these labs. I can tell people where to, um, some other additional resources I have, just like to clean out your tap water so you can avoid things like chlorine and fluoride and heavy metals that may be coming through your tap water. Um, but please go ahead if, 
here's what I'm thinking, bro. Um, I'm going to put this on you because I think it, it just would make more sense. Typically, I don't do a lot of show notes, but this is the one, guys. This is the one where you actually want to figure out where the show notes is. So whatever podcast platform you're getting this, click the see more button. And I'm going to have Lorenzo put a few links in there to the first and foremost, the test. I'd like to see that eight steps that you just mentioned for de-stressing, kind of taking back your life through not only the mental mindset, the supplementation, but obviously quality sleep, the nutrition, the physical training, potentially, you know, removing some of the waste and obviously getting tested. So any resources that you deem appropriate and pertinent to this conversation, I'd like to kind of have a short little top five, like links or no links description, email me that. And I will not publish this podcast until you do. And I'll put that in there for as resources for our listeners who should be interested in this stuff. Awesome. Thank you for that, Dan. And one thing I wanted to say too is, is um, so we have a very simple place for everyone to start if they want to, whether they want to get tested or they don't want to get tested or they want to do both, right? So there's the stress mood and metabolism test that I had mentioned. That's the number one lab I, I recommend, but there's also the men's wellness test, which looks at your cortisol stress hormones. It looks at your testosterone and it looks at your DHEA. That one's even less expensive than the stress mood and metabolism test because it has less information. But then there's also a women's wellness test, which will look at women's estrogen, progesterone, and cortisol levels. And then there's a single testosterone and um, DHEA lab, which is the sure. least expensive. So that's a very simple place for people to start if, if <clears throat> you know, that's their price range. Um, and then there's two supplements, which they can find if they go to lugowellness.com forward slash resources. And this is going to give you some of the zinc, the boron, the vitamin D and other essential nutrients to make more testosterone. There's the daily nutritional support and there's the daily testosterone support. If you go to lugowellness.com forward slash resources and click on supplements, you could just search for those two products in the search bar of the website that it directs you to. Um, I also, I also do, I, well, you and I are going to be working together. So, you know, for, I'm going to be reading your lab results and I'm going to be giving you a protocol. So the viewers will, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, anyone else that wants to join me, uh, follow me on Instagram. You can find me on IG at Luga wellness. I have quarterly detox groups. Uh, where I run functional medicine liver detoxes every every quarter of the year, so every three months, and then that is very helpful for people to lower their overall toxicity, lower their overall inflammation, and boost testosterone naturally. We can share together as a community recipes and experience, and that's a great way to kind of get together in this community. You know, build community. I love it. Lorenzo Lugo, guys, check him out. He's going to provide all the show notes. He's going to email it to me. All those things we talked about will be in there for you to do your due diligence. My takeaway today is this, friends. You cannot manage it unless you measure it. Go get it done, and we'll provide the resources. And remember, separations in the preparation. We'll catch on the next one. Thanks, guys. Wilderness Athlete is this company that I've known about since 2006. I've met the founder, Mark Paulson. I work with their team. I think they are a supplement company, not a marketing company. Supplement your diet 
backfill what you're missing with a daily multi, their hydrate recover, HMB creatine, branch chain amino acids, their protein. They have a whole host, a whole array. You can check out the elk shape stacks. Ladies, you can check out the Mrs. Elk shape stack and you can save some money with the stack. Add this to the discount code ElkShape2023. That'll knock 20% off as well. Again, this is a supplement company, not a marketing company. Know the difference and give them a try.